who the hell are we, and why should you listen to anything we have to say? Well, as far as myself, I have an MBA, securities licenses, and clients' net worth for decades for $15 million. They have $50 million. So you only can keep clients like that if you use decision science. You use logic and you use math and you have a vast network of people that you tap in to their knowledge to benefit your clients. Because because of my securities and licenses, I have a fiduciary responsibility to protect the public. Now, for me to make money and live a good lifestyle here in Southern California, I have to consistently make my client money. And more than that, provide them with the right intellectual, financial resources so we all could be happy. So I translate that, my career, who I am, into sports betting to give you, of all people, the tools you need to put money in your pocket. Betting on college and professional sports. Why do I do it? I do it because I just got tired of listening to the bullshit from ESPN, from Fox Sports. Constant ton, Big Ten channel, constant ton of just crap. So since I watch a lot of sports, since I have a lot of contacts in the sports industry, I decided to share information, good, solid. I have a journalism background as well, well well-sourced information so we can all help each other get to the truth or at least get close to the truth. Elon Musk said, if you know the truth, you can predict outcomes. So what we do is we collaborate. The sports betting is about collaboration. We collaborate with each other to get as close to the truth as possible to predict outcomes. And since we live in a $134 trillion U.S. market, the richest country in the world, for now, there's enough money for everybody where we do not have to be over competitive. But we teach decision science. We teach uh, mental health, mental health first aid kit. We teach uh, different methods, the nuts and bolts, right, of how to pick an investment, how to analyze an investment, right? And sports betting is an investment of your time and your money. So you have to have a very disciplined process. Right? Here comes American Pharaoh, and he sweeps up with the far outside, and they're into the stretch. And it's American Pharaoh who has taken the lead on the outside. In between horses, it's firing line. Dortmund is down at the rail as they come into the final furlong. American Pharaoh, firing line, not done yet. And these two come into the final 16th. It's American Pharaoh in front. Firing line. Dortmund is third. Frostman is fourth. Coming to the finish. American Pharaoh and Victor Espinosa have won the Kentucky Derby. Firing line was second. Dortmund was third. Frostman finished fourth. In a final time of 2 minutes 3.02 seconds, Victor Espinosa has won the Kentucky Derby two years in a row. Keep your mouth shut. I'm not taking off my clothes today. I'm styling and profiling. Uh, All right, so if you're the toughest, smartest person in any particular room, you're in the wrong room. So as I go through the narrative of this, Scott, who I've known now for a couple of years, has good judgment, does a lot of research, will get his reaction to this. Because remember, the focus of this is basic and we see people getting a lot of problems with and what it is is uh, not knowing your surroundings you have to know your surroundings also in sports betting 
you have to know your surroundings. You have to know the backstory. That's why they have all these movies with the backstories of Super Rude. You have to know the backstories to get. We're not we're not elites, right? So we really do not know the truth. But what we can do is get close to the truth. Because once you get close to the truth, you can predict outcomes, right? With a nice margin over 52.5. So you have to 52.5% worth spending. Uh, let me know if Scott believes in this or not. First question today. Do you suck? If you're betting and you're at 52.5%. If you're at 52.5? Yeah. That's you don't, even. You don't suck. You, you, don't, you don't really suck, but you, you, you need to get better, which means either A, you're not doing your research, or B, you just, I don't even look at it as bad luck. You just, you're just making the wrong picks or listening you're to the wrong, the wrong choices. Yes. Or you listen to the wrong people. Well, you're, you're, looking just the wrong feed. you're looking at the wrong Twitter feed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> now, now yeah. it used to be you're listening to the wrong people. Now it's like you're looking at the wrong Twitter feed, looking at the wrong Facebook feed. You got the yes. wrong people on Instagram. <laughs> right? So we, we're, we're not stuck, but almost every single thing we're doing right now, we're in the 60s, right? Uh 59% you can live in Vegas. So we can live in Vegas. Elite 70%. We want to get to 70%. We're just elite and then be consistent at 70%. Yeah. And the, and the other thing I'll tell you is be, be very aware. There's a lot of people out there that think they, they are betters because they get two or three picks right. And, you know, have a good run. Anybody can have a good run. I'm on Twitter all the time, and there's a lot of people out there that put, that put their free their bets up. Right. I have started to do one pick a day because I feel like that I'm not. I don't say I'm qualified enough, but I but I think I know enough, I'm knowledgeable enough based on what we've done here to right. just. And I've been wanting to do it for a while, so I've just started doing it this week. And two out of first three of my picks that I put out on Twitter have hit. So. Um, so you got to you got to know who to follow. You got to know who's who's knowledgeable, who's good, who's not good. So yeah, that's yeah. The thing. And I'll retweet Scott. So I don't retweet everybody, but I retweet people yep. who uh, are at least they're in the sixties, right? So if you haven't done any research on a game, you want to bet blindly, yep. Or uh, you've done research on a game, and you're unsure about, I retweet it. And, we, and if it's a one from Scott, I know that Scott's going to be right between <laughs> six and eight out of ten times. Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's the thing. If you so look at it this way, if you're in baseball and you you get three hits out of every ten at bats, that's three hundred. That's pretty good. If you're in betting, if you get three out of ten right, that's terrible. Right. So you need to get set. You need to get at least six to be credible because 59.5% is, is the Las Vegas type of thing. So, um, so if you can get eight out of 10, that's 80%. And that's about as high as you, you can go without, you know. Right. Because it's, it's probability theory, right? So in yes. probability theory, the highest level of probability is 80%. Yep. There's a 20% luck factor because this is something we'll get into the podcast. Next podcast, we'll go through the rules again, like we went last year, of what we base things on and what we communicate here. One of the 10 rules is that, let me know if you agree, Scott, that we live in an uncertain, yep. chaotic world. It doesn't matter if you live. My wife is watching now uh, main uh, cabin uh, master's. Right, and they rehabilitate uh, cabins, right, in the boondocks in the middle of nowhere, Maine. So even if you live in one of those cabins in middle of nowhere, Maine, you still are living a unpredictable, chaotic life. Well, more than other than the weather, right? You can't predict the weather up there. In some days, you can't, if you live in a northern cabin in Maine. Some days you can't go outside because it's thirty below, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 
And the thing is, Josh has said, and we have said time and time again in this podcast is number one, if you've never watched it, never watched the team before, don't bet it because you don't know. And number two, you need to do your research. And if you do your research, you're totally fine. If you, if you feel really good about it. And that's, that's me. I, when I put picks out there, when I like NFL, I study every game, but when I put picks out there, like if it's NHL or NBA, I'm only looking at one or two games. I'm not looking at the full, full slate. And I'm zeroing in on that because you, you can't, there's not enough time in the day, every day to look at everything. NFL. Yes. There's enough time in the day where you can on like our podcasts are Wednesdays. So on Monday and Tuesday, you can split the schedule into two even segments and look right Right now you got baseball, hockey, basketball. You don't have enough time in the day to look at all those games and research it. So you just research two or three on each sport and then you put your bets in. So you have nine bets in, but three on each sport where you've looked at. So that's the whole thing. Next week we'll look at what I call the guy sports calendar because, uh, my profession, right? It's different from Scott. My profession, you have to do a lot of reading, you have to do a lot of research. So at yep. this point in time, I let baseball and hockey go. Yeah. So I have to do it for my job. My job, I have to read. Uh, I have to review things with clients who are super rich and are going to leave for the summer. Yep. You get them before they leave, you know. Uh, I got two sets of clients. I have some clients that leave for the summer and they go out on a yacht and they're in the Mediterranean and they use the yacht to go to, you know, Southern France or whatever. And they will text me, oh, I see Tom Brady. I see Daniel Snyder. I'm like, I do not want to know. <laughs> it's best that you don't text me things we don't know. You don't want the FBI to look at your text. Because everything you write, every email you sent is being monitored. Absolutely. No okay. question. Right. So, so the people are going to leave all summer and they have a 100, 500 page tax return that I'm not on account. I can only do five tax returns a year. It's my limit by law because I'm not on account. But I know the inside and I can read the law. Every year I have to read the whole tax code. So, this is the time of year after the NCAA where every morning, some people read the Bible every morning, every morning I read the tax code, right? Because I got into this to make money, to make my clients money. But as I got in, the more money the clients have, the more they say, Josh, calm down. I've been rich all my life. You've been poor all your life. So let me keep I want to keep my money. I don't need to be making anymore. (laughs) The part of the podcast is... To help people make money so I can get yeah. that out. Yeah. Right? Because, or else it just goes uh, nowhere. So one of the big podcasts last year that we did really well was on Jason Service. And you say, okay, how does a guy that is successful, has all this money, has all these connections, uh, lose it all? So we're going to go uh, narrow. We're going to go wide to narrow. And we started with Mike Gill. So what's your memory about Mike Gill, uh, Scott? And I know Mike Gill's going to be He's from here. (laughs) He's from up there with you, but I know he's going to be listening to this. Uh, We've got a good reaction when I contacted him on Twitter. So he's he's from the New England area. He had to go into seclusion, which means he, he left the United States and went someplace else to go into seclusion to avoid jail time basically that's to hide, hide his assets hi so yes the billboard we protect his assets protect everything that right. he, he got right. in whatever he did right. you know whatever walk of life he did or whatever so to, to me he just basically said okay i'm out i'm out you know i, I know i've done wrong i'm out i'm going away and and i'm going to protect everything that i have in a foreign country now has he has he come back here probably occasionally you he's hey, probably i've probably walked by him several times yeah but supposedly 
So we'll, we'll listen to this and then we'll get your reaction. Yeah. And this is on the Roger Stein. Roger Stein died. That Roger Stein was a famous uh, wealthy horse owner. I don't know how famous he was, but he had a lot of money, a lot of horses. And before we bet on the Triple Crown, which is coming on pretty soon, there's a big yeah. race on Saturday. Like Scott mentioned earlier, you do not bet blindly. Now, in this podcast, what we'll be doing is a more relaxed podcast, and we take our time to go through this, because during football season, we really don't. Right. Right. It's bang, 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 football season. Yeah. But then yeah. the draft, the draft is the 28th. We'll take a break, and we'll sit down for the draft. Yeah. Coming up soon on the 28th. All right, so here's Roger time. Huge oversight in 2004, and you told me earlier, maybe 2003 and 2000. Right, that's how I saw it. But uh, and I heard that uh, Mr. Mahomes wasn't sick, and that was the year that I won, and and I really do think that he should have won it that year. So he so he owned horses. He got a lot of money. He was owning horses, and he'll tell you the story, right? Because because this is one of the things we put the rules of evidence in. I'll go through them real. Do I have them on here? Uh, evidence is the finest information, and Scott, let me know if you agree with this, right? This is for the podcast. We're not lawyers, right? But this is what I've got from, because for these rich people that I have clients, I have to hire lawyers, and I have to interview them. And we, I, I'm the quarterback in the cases. I remember one time, I'm like, we're doing an injunction. Injunctive relief. We're doing this. And the guy was arguing with me. I'm, saying, I'm telling you, we're doing this. And he was like, what? We can't do that. Okay, I'm going to another lawyer. Yeah. He was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. He won. Yeah. Here we go. Evidence. It's video evidence with corroboration of the information. The corroboration means the two or three people agree on what they saw on the video, right? Uh, contemporaneous documentation with corroboration. So the documentation for more people are agreeing the documentation. Eyewitness testimony yeah, several sources of corroboration. It's eyewitness testimony is the least reliable there is, right? And number four, probability theory, where variables are eliminated to a logical conclusion. And you factor in a 20% luck factor. Yeah. You, you, that makes sense? It makes perfect sense. We, and we talk it, about all that stuff all the time, almost pretty much. Right. Yeah, that that's what we call evidence, right? Yep. Getting getting to the truth so you can bet on it <laughs> without the outcome. All right, here we go. Uh, Mike Gill tells his story from his own direct evidence. For, for, for certain, uh, you had it coming. You did not all. You remind everyone. You can hear it. Mary. Yeah. The horses that you claimed and dropped down. Necessarily show a profit, but you have the. He's going to come up with a very important word. Now, you, you did say you owned up to this. And I think it was 93 or something, or 2003. You did get a bad 94. You did get a bad test, didn't you? How about this? Uh, I fired my trainer. I didn't have. It was the very first horse I ever ran. Came back with a bad time. And I fired him that morning. So I went that trainer's horse. What was really going on? Always been an issue for me. Is me fighting corruption in thoroughbred racing. They had a union there that they were selling out its membership, telling it the year round racing if they got slot machines. The truth is, I sat in those meetings. It was going to be a six-week meet, but I came forward and wouldn't shut up, and I told people and reported to the Globe. They put a gun to my head, and I still wouldn't shut up. The next day, my first course, that test. Did they ever figure out, what did you do? Did you serve any fine? What was the deal? What was the disposition? If it was one that they could be racing for a couple of years, that was it. They knew what it was. It was a clembuterol. Clembuterol. All right. So when you talk about Jason serving, he's not going to be serving. 
uh, update from last year, a five-year sentence, right? For spiking horses, but we'll get you how it got there and how maybe Jason Service, maybe this is not as guilty as you might think. <laughs> okay, because there's a lot of things going on. All right. Do you remember what Clint Butterell is, Scott? It's a, it's a, I think it's a drug to help the horse's performance before, exactly. before, before race. Canelo before the yeah. fight with Triple G. Yeah. Was <laughs> well, tested for that. And what it does, it gives you more stamina. Yeah. It connects with your heart, so you can go faster, harder than you could before. Yeah, and as we talked about last year, a number a number of horses have passed because of this. Because well, they heart attacks. Yeah, yeah they had heart attacks. Medina Spirit. You say who's Medina Spirit? Bob Baffert. Yeah. And, and Medina Spirit got traded from Jason Service to Bob Baffert. Yes. <laughs> and died yeah. yeah, so to me, trainers not jockeys i wouldn't say jock a majority of jockeys have no handle on this but i'm almost all the trainers that have been found guilty have spiked their horses and the horses already run fast enough and what you're asking the horses to do is have their control their heart and their breathing right when all this clenbuterol is in their system and they just can't do it because they're running hard and it's a lot to ask them to calm down off of it when they're drugged up like that. So, okay, no, it's funny because unfortunately, you're only going to get this type of truth here as you get into whoever's covering the crown races. They're not telling you this that you do need to know uh, about what horses, which trainers you are going to pick. And the plot thickens. We got a reveal here, right? This, this part of our podcast. Uh, this year is traditional where we have almost like a reality show we have a reveal we have a, some really revealing stuff about Clint Bruderoff that ties into all the stuff we've been doing get back to Mike Gill not over they didn't have Clint Bruderoff they spiked the horse and they know they did because I who are they we'll answer they that cover question up what I've uncovered with the union see corruption in horse racing has been rampant the thing that blew up corruption it was you could fight this it's when corporate america the casinos of the world united with the corruption it showed them wire services and offshore gaming the same time offshore course of 10 national where you could wiring 200 bucks and today you can't bet 200 bucks and national 1000 at 10 to 1. Do you think it might just attempt the corrupt who was doing it for crumbs before? That's what's going on. And you know what they're doing with this great wealth? They're buying your politicians and your judges and your courts. Boom. Now I have All right, you see what they're doing with watch stateofcorruption.org. You see me pulling them together. My attack on Penn National was because they are organized crime. And they have brought these officials. The mayor of Harrisburg. Okay, actually, this year we can stop him there. This Penn National, Scott. Penn National is the OG of gambling <laughs> in sports gaming, so to speak. Right. They, they, they are a majority ownership of all these casinos and all these hotels and all these everything else. That Who owns Ortnoy Main News, right? Because he called uh, Cameron Reese a piece of shit. Called her a piece. Yep. I don't think she is. She's a young girl who's learning. Uh, Alexis Morris is the one who's been arrested a lot of times. Other girls on the team have been alerted a lot of times. Yep. Did not appreciate. That's just my personal preference. Who cares what I think? But I didn't appreciate the neck tattoos on half the girls on the team. Right? That's not my cup of tea. So he calls her a piece of shit, right? So who's Portnoy? He works for Barstools. Who owns Barstools? National. Who has a 40% ownership in Penn National? Well, that, that would be win, I think, wouldn't it? That'd be, that'd be my, my sports book of choice in Massachusetts, to be honest with you right now. So, so Mike Gill's telling you that Steve Wynn is an organized crime. Steve Wynn 
Ian, this is the thing. There's another. We'll put the 10 in there, right? We talked about two uh, uh, that we're basing the podcast on. We went on last week. We had 10, right? One is that we live in a in a chaotic, uncertain world. Right. Number two is that the truth. That's why people lie to you. The truth is more ridiculous and, abs and absurd <laughs> right than fiction. So Steve Wynn, right? It's an unorganized crime. He's like, Josh, oh, conspiracy theories. Okay. Was a financier of the Republican Party during the Trump years. And Trump, where is Trump today? Trump's in court now. Okay. If you're trying to call Trump, he's a little little busy right now. So please leave a message to get back to you as soon as he can. So, so the mafia owns Portnoy. Oh, I want to get my picks from Portnoy. Fine. You can get your picks from wherever you want. Portnoy 5%. works for the mafia. Right? And, and this is the other thing, right? Legal bribes. And there's illegal bribes. Another big point that Trump is hitting is selective prosecution. And probably got tired of me saying, talking about selective prosecution, but it's huge in sports betting in the world, right? What, what is your view? What is your, how would you define selective prosecution? Define somebody like what? Selective prosecution. Well, selective prosecution is very easy. They're not going to go after the the guy who robbed, took a hundred dollars out of the bank. They're going to go after somebody who like like a win, like a, a Mike Gill, like you know. They're going to go after the heavyweight people, but they should go after them. They should, but they don't. They go after the two hundred and fifty dollar person from Dorchester, Massachusetts, that robbed the convenience store. Instead of going after the George Navarro's, or who we'll get to, obviously, yeah, yeah. down the line. Week. Yeah, next week. Yeah. Or the Jason services or the other people who have committed huge crimes, who they say, oh, they're affiliated with that. No, we're not going to go after them. We're going we're gonna to let them escape. So right, right. you pick which case you want to you wanna, uh, go on with instead of picking every case. Right. So it's elected prosecution now. Uh, I watch both sides, right? So I watch CNN and I watch MSNBC that are uh, woke liberals. So I watch woke liberal news. Yep. Then I watch wacko right in uh, wacko conspiracy theory right news. I, I watch them both. I watch woke liberal news and I watch. Uh, you know, conspiracy theory whacked out on the right, you know, like Tucker Carlson. So Tucker Carlson is saying he's in trouble too. <laughs> he's in court. What he's saying, some other people are now saying, some really, you know, some lawyers and people are saying, they're saying that selective prosecution is illegal. You see a crime, they're supposed to do a crime. But I've had a sheriff tell me, not a sheriff's deputy, a sheriff, a person with jurisdiction yep. over a county, tell me they do selective prosecution all the time and not all crimes are equal and they pick and choose which crimes they want to prosecute personally i'm against it i think i think it should, it should be first come first serve you see a crime you prosecute you don't you don't strategize which crime you want to prosecute or not or who you so that this is what they're saying with trump hey you're only prosecuting him because you hear, you hear people say it right on the news today, uh, especially if you listen to on the right. They're saying, okay, there's all these crimes going on in New York. Or so instead of going against fentanyl dealers, right, they're going after Trump. It's yes. Wrong. The prosecution is wrong. Well, you guess what? It happens all the time, right? So that's what selective prosecution is. Right. And, and, that, and that's generally what you see here is, is – when you hear a news conference that says, oh, we don't have enough information, they have enough information. They're oh, yeah. just deciding not to not to go through with the case. So they're waiting, they're waiting until they deal with this case, and then they'll all have a meeting and say, 
All right, now we'll now we'll do it. Now we'll go after it. Or let's just wait. We'll hold it off. So that's that's what you generally see when people are saying we don't have enough information. They really do, and they're just not good pro uh, going forward with it. So, right. So that's the basis of what's going on, right? Do so you see partial sports? You go uh, to your local app. That's what's going on with this, and this is where your money is going to. And these are the people that set the lines. That's why these lines aren't market driven, it's manipulation. Because look at who you're dealing with. And nobody's stopping these people. They go to the highest end, right? The other part of it is live, right? Uh, live. Saudi Arabia is now doing the golf. Yeah. So what's going on with that? What's going on with Jared Kirkland? We'll tell you. But now we'll get into the story of Jason Service. So the part, first part of Jason Service story is, he was born in West Virginia. His family's in the horse racing world. And the horse racing world is a very nasty world. A lot of underworld people, a lot of underworld things going on. Now, you say, well, how do you link this to NFL betting? Well, the Bidwells, the, the NFL was founded by people who still to this day own uh, racetracks in our part of this that world. Now, Somebody with direct evidence of that world is Daniel Schneider. And what did Daniel Schneider say? He said, the owners are a bunch of mobsters. <laughs> right? And Daniel, and Daniel Schneider's getting kicked out of the league. And they're forcing him to sell the team. Why? Because he is a what? A mobster. <laughs> so that foundation, right, that, that Jason Service grew up in, as you'd say that story, what's your reaction to that? That foundation, you know, as we get into it, this a little bit deep. It's it's basically you're born into it, right? So you know you're born and you, your parents are your dad is a, a horse, whatever walk of life it doesn't right. even have to be horse racing game. It can be football, baseball, basketball. You know, work in the warehouse, whatever. You're going to gravitate toward that because that's all you basically know. So Jason Service grew up knew, knowing horse racing, so that's why he gravitated toward it. And I'm sure his father cheated a little bit. Right. So that's, that's what he knows. And then oh, it's who you, and then it's who you know once you get into it. Right. That yeah. gets you that gets you into it. So so I'm gonna read from I want to know your reaction to this guy. I'm gonna read to you from Easy Horse Betting, who I read a lot about this, but these guys kind of went ahead and really got to the heart of it. And I'm for sure no. They listened to the podcast and then they came up with this on here, which is good. That's how you collaboration in a strange way. Absolutely. Even though yeah. they haven't contacted us. Uh, imitation is the highest form of flattery. Yep. So we're flattered. <laughs> okay, Jay, okay. Jay, in this the title of this is Jason Service struggles to become a winning horse trainer. Many horse trainers. Of the third race horses will tell you it could take years to reach the highest level of the sport. Such was the case with Jason Service, brother of John Service, the trainer of Smarty Jones, who took a derby winner or whatever. Jason immediately discovered that training winners was far from easy. Still, Service did not do bad for a new trainer. He was able to reach a seven figures in earnings from his horses from 2004 just three years after taking out his license. But before that, he was a groomer like your Navarro with his brother and his dad. So he decides at this point that he wants to get a license after being in it for 20, 30 years. Not many trainers can say that. With this early success, he must have known something to get this early success. Yeah. With early success, better from horses and owners, that led to more wins. By the time 32, 13 rolled around, Jason had earned a personal best of $3.4 million in purses for that year. So in any walk of life, here's, here's what happens. You start out small, you find success, you get a little bigger. Right. And then about, I'd say four or five consistent years of success that's when you hook on with the big shots now horse race is the same way you start out the small tracks the saratogas the 
you know, the small the aqueducts, the small tracks. Right. You get success, very successful at those tracks. And then the big time trainers, i.e. Bob Baffert, Todd Fletcher, you know, uh, you know, owners, owners start hiring those, those trainers to be part of their contingent because they look at your track record and they say, oh, he was a trainer. He was a trainer at Aqueduct. He won 60% of his races. He made this much money. We need to hire him. And that's basically what happened. And I'm sure Jason Service's father had a little bit to do with this too, in terms of getting his son to the Bob Bafferts. Because anytime you heard about Bob Baffert, what'd you hear about? His trainer was Jason Service. Right. So, so that's that's where you get the name recognition and success. You start out the small tracks, you get success, consistent success. You make millions of dollars for the owners. And then you start moving up. And then Bob Baffert goes to the owners and says, because that's what Jason Service, right. his name has come been linked to. Bob Baffert goes to the owners and says, hey, I'd like to have Jason Service be my trainer. And they pay, and he pays the owners, current owners, to get Jason Service's his, his exclusive trainer. So that's that's what happens. Right. But you said, well, Bob Baffert's a trainer. Well, Bob Baffert organizes it. Like Shakespeare never wrote anything. Yes. Shakespeare had a team of writers. Yes. Satan in Alabama does not coach anything. He has coaches. He coaches yes. Right? Yes. So that's Jason Service. So suddenly in the timeline is, is, is important, right? Any court case you go through, you got to know your surroundings. Yes, you do. Court in your, in your jurisdiction, there's lawyers you might have to hire. You always interview five lawyers because all of them are going to tell you 20% of the truth. And those numbers come up. <laughs> so you go for five. So after five right. lawyers, you get the truth. Every lawyer is going to talk to you about a timeline. And this will right. be the podcast because the timeline of this, right, the story, we're at uh, 2019, right? We're at 2019. Trump's president in 2019. Do a podcast on Bob Baffert, and really the timeline starts 2017 with him, yeah, with Honey and and, and, and uh, or Honey sure. and Perry Sherman, uh, are murdered now, right? Yep, unsolved murder. We we think we solved it, <laughs> but <laughs> it's unsolved at this point. So I'll read from these guys because these guys did a good job. Maximum security. You can't make this stuff up, right? No, you can't. The name of the horse that brings the house of cards down is maximum security. So you know what selective prosecution is? Yeah. Uh, if you watch crazy ass Taylor Green, yeah, I create everybody to do it. Watch a couple of times because there are a lot of things going on. The crazy ass, whatever her name is, Taylor Green was on 60 Minutes. And they ask her, do you want to abolish the FBI? She says, yes, I want to abolish the FBI. And there's two sides to every question because they are corrupt FBI agents, right? Um, yeah. You hear the story of Wally Berger, right? Wally Bulger, right in your area, was a guy that was allowed to do mafia activities in Scott's area because he was ratting out the other mobsters and the other families. Right. His family got allowed to do, you know, and, it, and he dealt with a corrupt FBI cop. So they, they yes. so you say, why weren't he, all these people arrested spiking horses? We heard Mike Gill talk about they he knew right. Why aren't all these people being arrested? Because the corrupt FBI agents. Why did all this come to a head? And what's going on with us, right? So I'll read from this, learn your reaction. Yep. Gary and Mary West, right? That's your owner. Took a chance on service and decided to send them their cult, Maximum Security, 2019. Reading the cult LeCrumps after living the Florida jury, Maximum Security seemed firmly in place on the Kentucky Derby Trail. So Maximum Security was a $12,000 horse. We ended up selling for, I think, about 20 million. It ended up being about a $20 million one. Great investment for Gary and, and Mary. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And Jason Service and his 
entourage. Now he has an entourage. So he was born in Western Virginia, one of the poorest places in the world, gets into horse racing. Now he has an entourage in Kentucky with maximum security and Whisper started again. Now what these guys are missing was that he service brought his horse George Navarro. George Navarro has hands on this horse. Who does who? Bob Baffert. <laughs> All right. So I'll finish this paragraph and let me know what you think. There's where those that convinced the Colts was talented. Uh, they were further doubtful that the trainer had primarily made his living working on small circuits. He's working in small circuits and has an entourage. How does that happen? Jeff, that's what. Uh, keep going. I'll, I'll give yeah. my thoughts. So, uh, I'll read this and then like to know your thoughts. Federal authorities yeah. had ser service on the radio and started to put these together. Now, this is where these guys are wrong. We got a little bit more information. This FBI investigation started in 2012. We'll get into that when 2012 is the podcast on Saeed. That's when Saeed, that's when my ears perked up. But Saeed, after he wins the Kentucky Derby, says something very stupid, right? <laughs> this horse that I trained, that I bought, that I invested in, I didn't do it for me. I did it for you. <laughs> really? Is this selfish words you did it for me? You don't even know me, Saeed. Why are you doing this? You're training this horse for me. West decided not to run. Maximum security and freeness for Belmont Stakes. They had other races in mind. One was the inaugural. Here we go. Saudi Cup. This is where everything uh, went downhill for them. Just uh, in my opinion, Scott, let me know what you think. Forced the FBI to to take the payments. Did they take the payments? And even though they're taking the payments, go ahead and arrest service. Navarro and 31 other people. Uh, it was billed as the richest race in the world for 20 million dollars. Maximum security won the race going away. The celebration came to a screeching halt one month after when Jason Service and George Navarro and 31 other people were arrested and indicted in federal charges. Okay, so first of all, <laughs> if, you get, if you guys don't know anything about horse racing, a Saudi cup gets every talented horse they possibly can into that race. So it's a high-level grade stakes one race. So when a horse wins by as much as maximum security does, your radar should start going up. What is going on here? How is this horse winning the race by 20 lengths or whatever they win the race? That's number one. Number two, Jason Service is a man from West Virginia who all of a sudden has an entourage. A, a, a nobody in the horse racing industry all of a sudden has an entourage. Red lights and radars go up with that. Right. Number three, there is a reason Bob Baffert hooked up with him. There is a reason why George Navarro hooked up with him because he can take the fall for them. Right, and he right. and he took the fall for Bob Baffert in this situation. Bob Baffert saying he. I think we'll Bob Baffert in the least. We'll get into that. We'll Bob Baffert in the least. I think he's one of the people he's taking the fall for. Yes. So everything that you see that J Josh just talked about, the reason red lights go up is because he's a nobody from West Virginia whose dad was in the horse racing business. Right who was Jason Service was highly successful at these small tracks and all of a sudden he got fame because right. he was successful at the small tracks. Right. He did not have to do any of the stuff he did in the bigger tracks. Because of the fact that he had the most talented horses at the small tracks and these owners do not send their horses to Aqueduct, Saratoga, all those other, right. Del Mar, you know, they don't send them to those racetracks. So he can get away with not doing it, but when he gets to the Kentucky Derby, the Belmont Stakes, the, 
the Hollywood parks, all the big tracks. He has to do that because in my mind, he might not be as good a trainer as he was at those small tracks. Right. So he does this stuff. But make no mistake about it. When you go to the Saudi Cup and you win going away, you know something's going on. The red lights should flash. And when you have about 12 people as an entourage around you, as a small-time man from West Virginia, I'm beginning to think that he's not as good as he is because of that. Well, so. The other thing, too, about an entourage, again, we go back to learning your surroundings. What happens? Right? Um, All red colors. People, people out the back, they, do uh, they get jealous. Okay. And I think we're all doing ourselves here. Yeah. Narration. And I guess it's the second year we're doing this. Let's look at the Saudi Cup. We got it right here. Oh, to load into the starting stalls. Gronk House. People for the podcast. Thank you, Yeah. In the gate. So we're all set for the Saudi Cup. The field are poised. You can see that, Scott. Yeah. Yep. Off with racing for the inaugural Saudi Cup. Bit slow way up the inside. Gold Dream jumping out alertly. Mucho Gusto is swift on the speed. And Watch the explosion of Mexico. Sent forward as well. Magic One not too far away. And here is North America up the inside. So it's North America. Mucho Gusto in the black cap. And Capizzano out wide as they race through the first couple of hundred meters. And now join the race course proper. They're being tracked through in fourth place towards the inside by Ben battle uh, pushed along to try and keep in touch with the speed at this stage is Gronkowski for Frankie Dettori in fifth Magic Wand is in sixth at this stage McKinsey is racing in midfield in seventh or eighth place alongside Tacitus as they make their way down the back straight Midnight Beast quite well back with MJ Jack as the pace just begins to steady down Gold Dream is also towards the tail of the field so out in front Mucho Gusto in the black cap presses on with things on the running rail Capizano for Mikel Barcelona in third on the outside Max of security being ridden along. North America comes next. Magic Wand and Ben Battle flank Gronkowski. Then just behind these, Chris Averill trying to improve. Midnight Bisu is a long way back, sticking to the inside at the moment. Tacitus the Grey is making good progress now as Mucho Gusto leads them with 500 to run. And out in front, Mucho Gusto turns for home in the Saudi Cup, being pursued by Maximum Security. Then Ben <laughs> Battle is in third place. Yeah, what a comeback, huh? Tacitus and Magic Wand. Mucho Gusto has the for Bob Baffert, leading by a couple of legs, Ben Battle, Gold Tree. Baffert can't lose, he has two downforces. Running on strongly up the inside running rail, and now trying to challenge maximum security as well. Chokers don't cling to the maximum security. Look at that explosion. It's unbelievable. In the air, maximum security. Louis Sayers, Midnight Bisu came past the entire field for one, and that one was maximum security. So, so, so this is what you, what you say. Oh, he didn't win going away. Yeah, he didn't win going away. Did you see how far back he was to come back from 400 meters to 100 meters? The horse all of a sudden got some speed someplace, and and that's because. Simply put, kicked in. Exactly, the drug started kicking in, and he started. His heart started to race. He felt good, the horse, and he said, "I can go, and I'm going." And he, he in 300 meters, he went from about five lengths back to winning the race. Right. So, so you notice something there. Right. So at this point in the story, and we'll fast forward to the conviction. I'll read it here. Yeah. At this point in the story, okay. Uh, he gets arrested. Right, he gets arrested for that win because the Saudis befriended who? Jared Kirshner. Who's Jared Kirshner? He's the son-in-law of who? Donald Trump. And they get access. And, and Jared Kirshner goes to the FBI to the CIA because it's international and says, hey, my buddies here in Saudi Arabia, the kingdom, spent $30 million on their hosts and they were all beat. <laughs> but this maximum security, what's going on here? And remember, Jerry Gershner gets $2 billion with a beat to invest 
from those people he was working for. So the result of that, right? And I'll give you a pop quiz, right? What I'm going to read now includes charges, and I'll explain the whole thing and I'll explain the podcast for next week with George Navarro, right? Yeah. For what drug, right? Was the additional charge they put Jason Service on in the last minute? Clembuterol, isn't it? Yeah. All roads lead back to Okay. Yeah. This is the FBI. This never went to trial. Because I think if it goes to trial, Jason Service got a good attorney or whatever. He's going to get the FBI. The FBI. Because those FBI's, think about this, Scott. How many millions of dollars did these FBI agents get? From 2012 to 2020, they finally brought charges, not because they wanted to, but because Derek Kirshner asked questions for his for his Saudi friends. Yeah, knowing your surroundings, you are not no doubt anymore. You're not a mammoth. (laughs) You're not. No, you're not. (laughs) You're in Saudi Arabia now. You're not in West Virginia. You're not in the small time tracks. You're not. You're in the big time game right now. You're a small fish in a big pond, so to speak. So guess what? You you better make sure that you have all your bases covered. You have all your your tracks. You know they can't uncover it, and he didn't do it. And well, they they uncovered it. They were letting it go because they were paid off. Yeah, the yeah. FBI. Has no jurisdiction in Saudi Arabia. Right, right. And what about quit when you're ahead? Basic stuff. Quit your head, Jason Service. Keep your ass in the United States. You're not taking a horse to talk. No, that's a mis- that's a huge mistake on his part. You can't you can't take a horse uh, across uh, the United States borders and think you're gonna you're gonna still do the same stuff to get away with it. You're not gonna. So kingdom, no. All right. All right. So this is his final. This, you know, this is the Southern District of New York, right? Who in, who indicted Trump today? Yeah. The Southern District of New York. So this basic what they're doing is covering their ass. I don't know how they threaten people to do this, but they did. All right. The U.S. Attorney says service conduct represents the highest corruption in the horse races industry as a licensed horse trainer. Service was bound to protect the horses here and comply with racing rules designed to ensure the safety and well-being. We'll get into this. That's another podcast. The regulation, it goes back to, remember, regulation is not illegal stuff, right? It's what the regulation against elected prosecution. Service abdicated his responsibilities to animals and to regulators, there we go, and to the public. His latest conviction demonstrates blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's get to the real stuff. The tr- these arise in connection to the Navarro case, which we'll talk to next week, which was an investigation, right? And in this investigation, it started in 2012. Believe me, without the surveillance, which as stupid as these people were, which we'll get into it next week, stupid phone call Navarro made, uh, they knew all this. Widespread schemes by horse racing trainers. Another another podcast will be the veterinarians. Well, formings enhancing drugs, PDs, distributors, distributors, right? Others to manufacture, distribute, and receive unalterated, misbranded drugs to secretly administer those PDs to race horses competing at all levels of performance, professional horse races. So the problem is a curse. When you're educated and you live this long as Scott and I have lived, right? Sometimes a curse because the Southern District of New York, lawyers here, prosecutors, wrote this to cover their ass and clear things up. But to Scott and I, it raises more questions than answers, right? Because we just saw that the guy was a backwoods guy, didn't even graduate high school from West Virginia, 
driving with the author off. Can this guy, is he smart enough, Scott, to do this, what he's going to jail for? Which is, what? No. No. But he's not a veteran, right? He's a trainer. He's not a veteran. He was acting he, like one. Uh, okay. The, uh, and we'll get into with the honey. This is where honey and berry come in, right? Yeah. Mix the chemicals to distribute these fake. Yeah. He ended up, I'll give you a, to the ending of this. He's getting charged with coming up with a synthetic. So it's Jason Service capable of. Number one, mixing the chemicals, right? To come up with a fake flambutyrol. It's just as effective as it, right? That's the test. Um, is he is he smart enough for what they call widespread speed, right? Is he smart enough for that? Does he have the resources to bottle it, mislabel it, distribute it, manufacture it? Then receive and uh, and administer adulterated, misbranded PADs. And does he know how to misbrand it with the right pharmaceutical companies, so on and so forth? He's not smart enough. He's nowhere near smart enough. Right. But he's doing the time for it, though, right? He's doing the time for it because he's he's taking the fall for everybody else around him, except Jared. Yeah, he's taken, he's basically said, okay, I'm the one that's, you know, I'll, he went in with Baffert and he said to Baffert, if something happens, I'm taking the fall. If he'll, when it, whoever he went in with, I'm not saying it's only Baffert, but whoever he went in with, he's basically said, I'm the one that's taking the fall for everybody else. I'll go to jail. I'll do my time. I'll do the time, whatever time needs to be done. I'll do it just to cover for you guys. So. That's that's what it is. That's how in deep they are, right? Because maximum security, uh, Baffert took that horse and ran him the next year. Yeah, yeah. So what? This and and believe me, it's not the only horse he's he's done it to. I'm this this countless other ones. He's, he's right. also put drugs into to make them race better, and they've all perished because of it. And it's a shame, but they've they've done it. So they they sacrifice the animal to to get their their winnings. That's right. what they do. So, because service ordered hundreds of bottles of the drug SGF one thousand, which was compounded, manufactured in unregistered facilities. Who who owns these facilities? Right. Uh, intravenous drug that promotes. Uh, Vasodilator capable of promoting stamina, endurance, and explosion. <laughs> we saw maximum security explode. Yes, we did. It grows we did. Right. So, a very important the office is coming from, right? This comes from the Office of Money Laundering, French National Criminal Enterprises. And the, the places they mentioned, right? New York, New Jersey, Florida, Kentucky. And what got him arrested and in trouble was Saudi Arabia. <laughs> so what do you it's, think? Keep, keep your ass in New York, New Jersey, Florida, and Kentucky and stay away from Saudi Arabia. Yeah, keep, you listen. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of money in these Saudi races. Right. Okay. A lot of money. If you're suspected of doing anything right. like Jason Service did with Maximum Security, you're going to be found out, number right. one. They're not going to give you $20 million for nothing. Right. You're going to be found out. The Saudi government and the Saudi people are going to take care of what has happened. So when you see these races that go on, you know, the Emerald Emirates, the Saudi races, all these stuff overseas, you got to make sure that you cover your tracks. You got to make sure you're doing the right thing because if you don't, you're going to be found out and they're going to demand their money back in no uncertain terms. So, and he didn't do it. He's a small, he's a small time trader from West Virginia. He's just got the name of the quote unquote heavyweight people in the industry. That's all he's got. That's all he's got. So.
But you know, all his millions of dollars go down the toilet. Yes, no doubt. So, so next, uh, next one is going to be George Navarro. And it's the last line of this uh, press release by the FBI in the Southern District of New York is not busy with Trump. It's a server's further. This is the last charge they, they gave him, right? Uh, new charge. He he pleads, and when he shows up, they give him a new charge. He's just like, what? <laughs> you got to do this again. Uh, service further obtained and transported. He didn't transport any of this, to be honest. Mr. version of Clembuterol that we thought that Mike Gill talk about. Clembuterol. Linda Rice is another one we're going to get into. Yeah. You don't have to answer this question. We'll have you answer the question when we do the Linda Rice. Linda Rice just got caught spiking all her horses for the last decade with what? Being brutal. Yeah, exactly. She's walking around free, though. She's walking around free. Is there a connection to these people? <laughs> Who's going to say no? <laughs> but, but Jason Service is in jail. Navarro's in jail. Why is Linda Rice too used to suspend it for 10 years? Of spiky horses with Clint Brewer while he was suspended 10 days from Belmont Park. <laughs> it's, it's who it's who she knows. It's who she knows. Oh yeah. That's why she's not that's why she's not with Jason Service right now. It's I'm sorry, Linda, knows. if I offended you in any way. Yeah. Yeah, but it, but but I'm I'm saying it's who who she knows. Well, yeah. And that's and that's the main reason why she is a free person right now because we'll get into it. We'll Here's get into we'll it. Get into it. It's nothing because what gets you in trouble is somebody tells you something in private. Yeah. You blurt it out there. But, but if it's a public record, it's something you printed out before you got taken off the internet. That's what we're talking about. Yep. Things that everybody knows because the corruption, the corruption this the the that we don't know about, I do not want to know because it's probably so deprived. It's it's so degenerate, you know, so perverse that I really don't want to know about it. what spills out, right? Helps what? Helps you pick the right horse when we pick characters. That's what all this is about. Not I gossip or whatever. It's just knowing the surrounding, knowing where you're putting your hard-earned money on, and to anticipate, you to get as close to the truth as possible to anticipate the outcome. Final word, yeah. Uh, I'm going to pop off after after these final words after we close. Um, you know, you have to, when you when you do this stuff, you have to know who the trainers are, who the jockeys are, exactly. who the quote-unquote owners are. Like when you when you get a Bob Baffert who we've talked about in the past, you have to make sure that you know everything that's going on in his entourage. Entourage. I hate using the name, but it, but it, it has to be used. Right. So – when you bet these Kentucky Derbies, when you bet just like an NFL, just like an NBA, NCAA, you have to know the people that are involved in the games right. that you bet. And and Jason Service is a big time name in the horse racing industry. You have to know, and this gives you a little bit of insight as to who Jason Service hung out with and what he did. And it's it's it was rampant now, but I will say this: the, the drug. Uh, protocol has stiffened a lot in the horse racing industry. So it's not as rampant as it used to be, but it still is out there. So well, because remember what he got charged with just now was a fake clambuterol, this yeah. mask. And we'll get into this, right? That's another podcast, yeah. right? The labs. The labs in Kentucky from the Kentucky Derby, they were fired. Why were they fired? Why was this lab fire in this new lab? What is the new technology to discover the fake computer walls of the world? We'll get into that. But yeah. again, it's functional, right? Because last year I, I sent you a message. Hey, this 15 one horse comes from blah 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 farms owned by Bob Baffert. Yeah. We had a 15 one last year. We had a 15 one last year. You can't think it came in third. Did it come right. in third? Yeah, we 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 Second said we're gonna, third. Yeah, we said we're gonna put a show bet on it and it came in. So it came in. Um, yeah. So you that's, know, that's you the know, thing. Sports. Oh, you see X bet, the blah blah blah. We'll talk to you about X bet. Do so you know where you place a bet? That, that'll come up. Or you go to the track. It doesn't matter. 
Belinda Stronich is going to get a cut of it. Yes, that will come up. She just purchased the Preakness. So before the Preakness, we'll do the, the podcast on uh, Belinda Stronich, the new proud owner of the Preakness Stakes. <laughs> hey, my horse will win now. I got the Preakness Stakes. I yeah. can win one out of three. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> In the interview for the Preakness Stakes last year, the owner of the Preakness Stakes, and we'll get into the astronomy. Yeah. Uh, situation so you don't have to pay any of those people any money because we give it out all this information for free because we and it's funny because we get a lot of collaboration we ourselves but it's very interesting the collaboration we get in horse racing people who send us messages with stories and stuff like that and i'll start reading some of those out okay but you don't have to pay anybody any money with the churchill said you make a living from your labor but you make your life from what you get thank you for listening to the sbc Podcast network. That's why this sport don't cost $800 and that goes $200. And I don't know what that cost, I'm just shitting the work. That's why I'm wearing such a shoes and a